Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. Welcome back into the pastor's office. I pray that you have had an outstanding week, but I also pray that you understand the reason for this season. Uh, We just finished our our service downstairs. had a wonderful time. This will be our last service before Christmas Day. Uh, But I always share with my congregation uh, that the reason for this season is Christ. Uh, the reason for this season is his birth, coming here to earth uh, to be our Savior, our protector, our guide. So as you're out shopping for gifts and hustling and bustling, uh, I just want you to understand that there is a true reason for this season, and our God should be praised. We've got a great show this afternoon. As you can hear, I'm struggling with a bit of a cold, but we're pressing forward today because one of the resounding themes and one of the recurring themes uh, that I've dealt with on our show is the violence in Philadelphia. Uh, We've spoken to Commissioner Outlaw about the violence in Philadelphia. We've spoken to Mayor Kenny. Uh, We've spoken to D.A. Krasner. We've spoken to members of the city council, United States congressmen, about this violence issue in the city of Philadelphia, over 500 deaths by guns in 2021, over 2,000 shootings in 2021. And watch this. Many of them go unsolved. What is it that we can do as a community to help end this scourge of violence in our community? I came across something that was very interesting to me. It's called the Philly Truce app. And, 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 and I, I, I could give you some description of what it is, but I want to bring on the co-founder of the Philly Truce app. I want him to explain it to you. And then he's also brought with him a guest. Uh, so let me introduce Mr. Stephen Pickens, the co-founder of the Philly Truce app. And Mr. Atlas X, who has an interesting, a very interesting platform of his own. Uh, and they are working together. So I'm going to bring on Stephen. Stephen will introduce uh, Mr. Atlas X. And we're going to have a great conversation today about how we can end the scourge of gun violence in Philadelphia. Gentlemen, welcome into the pastor's office. Thank you so much, Pastor Mason, for having me. Well, listen, the first thing I want to do is commend both of you for the work that you're doing in our community. Uh, to really work on this gun violence issue. Uh, I first want to deal with the app. Let's talk about the app. I find it to be quite interesting. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the Philly Truce app? 
Perfect. I'm glad that you asked, uh, Pastor Mason. Uh, I would like to lead off by saying we have a primary campaign, which is called Zero Homicides Now. And the purpose of Zero Homicides Now campaign is to introduce the Philly Truce Act to the citizens of Philadelphia um, as a way to mandate um, aspirations and to also establish our vision uh, for what we're what we need now and headed forward into the future. So the Philly Truce Act basically is very simple to use. You can either it's two buttons. It's either get help or become a volunteer. So the on the get help side, what that means is that um, anyone in the family or any neighbor or any coworker or any concerned citizen of our um, beloved city can initiate contact with a trained mediator, which is on the giving help side of the app. So on the giving help side of the app, and I'll get back to the get help side um, a little bit more as I move forward. So on the giving help side, that could be any professional that's maybe in the behavioral health field or even in the medical field. That could be any member of an anti-violence organization or any agency that would like to volunteer on the app to provide help to individuals. And this is going jumping back to the get side help of the app that may have knowledge of potentially violent conflicts that could escalate into the disaster of ending in gun violence. So at this point, it doesn't just stop there as far as like reporting or giving tips. And I have to add that we are not affiliated with the police. So any idea of someone snitching on anyone is this isn't the case here. This is strictly to introduce help that's available and resources that's available in the city and connect them with these resources or help that isn't accessible or either visible. So this Philly Truce app isn't about Stephen Pickens or um, Z Kasher. This, this app is actually about all of the organizations, all our churches, all of our houses of worships and the congregations all of our professionals and all of our concerned citizens and elected officials being able to meet on this platform, which is the Philly Truce app, and provide the services that we that they say or that they intend to do to help people that are not mentally competent or whatever the case is, that they don't have the ability to make good decisions the help is available for them. It could be with heating, uh, food insecurities, behavioral health, educational, any number of things. So I downloaded the app uh, this week in preparation for the interview, uh, and I did sign up as a volunteer, so I do hope to work with you. I do hope to use these airwaves to work with you. Uh, but what we're talking about here is intervention before the problem actually happens. Uh, I, saw on, I saw on your app. Uh, you know, is it a domestic issue? What's you know? So, so, so you did share that you're not affiliated with the police. So my question is, if you're not affiliated with the police, uh, talk to us about how your trained professionals can help to de-escalate uh, potentially a domestic violence situation, 
gag situation. Somebody's giving you the information. How do you help de-escalate it? That's a great question, Pastor Mason. I'm glad you asked. So when we say that we're not affiliated with the police, we don't interfere in police work. So with that being said, we're not affiliated with the police based off of the fact that we're looking to catch these situations early before it leads to the police becoming involved. So it's that's that's where our stance is in terms of we're not affiliated with the, with the police. But if it is, if someone does have information that an uh, act of violence or an act of uh, criminal behavior has already taken place, we can still help those individuals not basically Philly Truce, but the services that are provided via the app. The Philly Truce app is a referral service uh, based off of uh, it's an intake questionnaire that's uh, in the app that when a volunteer, that's basically what you will be doing. But we have levels to as intake you begin and then you can uh, rise or graduate to the level of being uh, becoming the mediator. So we have trained mediators that we train uh, through experience mediators of over 100 years that are professional or on the grassroots level uh, from the street and which are, you know, some terrific gentlemen. And we can get into that a little bit later on if you would like. But um, to say that we have resources such as that we're connected with through the city, which is the uh, Philadelphia Commission on Human Relations uh, agencies like that, that they don't, they're not visible enough to advertise. And a lot of people don't even know that they exist. They kind of handle the neighborly disputes, but we're also having a relationship with PAN. That's the Philadelphia Anti-Drug and Anti-Violence Network. Now, they handle more street-level conflicts. So we're, we're Philly Truce app is basically a, a partner, partnering platform for individuals to get help with any number of things so that way they can be connected with those resources um, that fit whatever it is that they're calling for. So in terms of uh, anything dealing with the police and mediation or acts of violence that has already occurred, um, we can handle those based off of the resources that are available in terms of, say, like the Office of the Victim's Advocate. And, um, and let's just be honest, some cases that are occurring, it should be prosecuted. So, I mean, if, if, if that's the case, I mean, if the kids can't play on the playground without being shot and someone has information or they know something and the kids are fearful to go out and play, then maybe those individuals really need to be off the street. It's just not us that when they when they when you ever anyone contacts the Philly Truth at the information is totally um, anonymous and confidential. So we won't share that with anyone. But at the same time, the information um, that is shared in terms of getting someone help that isn't you know that isn't run on the run or something that isn't going to you know, land someone in jail or something like that. It's just a basic way of making the community a safer place and eliminating um, the need for people to be fearful. So we won't, we, we, some things are, can't be mediated because of the acts that have, have already occurred. And that's something that uh, we can't, we, we don't get into because we have to keep everyone safe at the same time. 
sure. You're listening to Philly's favorite 100.7 FM and 99.5 HD3. Uh, we're talking to Stephen Pickens and Atlas X uh, about about some ways that we can work together uh, to curb the scourge of gun violence in our community uh, of Philadelphia. Mr. Atlas X, uh, welcome into the pastor's office. Do me a favor. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your organization, but also tell us how you've partnered with Stephen uh, and his team to hopefully get us through the holidays with no gun violence. Well, thanks a lot, Pastor Mason. I appreciate you uh, once again having us on today. Power Platform is a platform for independent thinkers, artists, entrepreneurs, and fearless game changers, just to let you know. So that's what Power Platform uh, represents. So that's completely separate from what we're doing right now to some extent. With that being said, back in July, I took it upon myself after just seeing all what was happening uh, in the city of Philadelphia. I said, I think I can do something about this. My background happens to be uh, one in entertainment production, and I happen to know a few people. So I made a phone call to Mike Jarrick from Fox 29. I also made a phone call to Doug Henderson uh, from WDAS Clear Channel. Those are the first two people I contacted, and they were more than willing to help. So with that being said, I was able to form a coalition of individuals which include the Hispanic Community Council Service, the YMCA, the Urban League, Christian Stronghold Church. Uh, also, I had seen Philly Truce on TV, and I said, wow, this is a powerful tool, and I really wanted to get in contact with those brothers. And I was able to, after speaking to someone at Ceasefire PA, which has set in on some of our meetings, uh, get in contact with Mazzy and Stephen. So that's how the coalition was formed. Uh, what makes us successful so far, meaning I launched a five-month campaign to initiate our activity. Uh, we're just coming off of the holidays, uh, excuse me, Thanksgiving Memorial Truce. That was from Thanksgiving Day to Monday the 30th, or I believe Monday might have been the 29th, excuse me. With that being said, we patrolled the West Philadelphia area, and we went out and passed out flyers promoting the Philly Truce app and also encouraging individuals to sign up to do neighborhood patrols. So that's how it all started. We're now getting ready for Phase 2, which is the holiday stand-down, which goes from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve, and we're going to repeat the same thing. But with that being said, we're expanding our patrols to cover other areas, meaning Hector uh, Ayelia, who's the head of the Hispanic Community Council Service, is in Kensington. That's one of the hardest-hit areas in the city. But we're going to have a base in Kensington, and we'll also have neighborhood patrols there. So I'll sum up by saying this. And how are we addressing this out-of-control gun violence problem? Well, we see it in three categories. The first is accidental shootings. That's part of what's happening. We also have domestic disputes. And then we have the largest category, which is just the senseless violence that's taking place with a lot of individuals between the ages of, say, maybe 15 to 30, whether it's just gang activity, whether it's just social media disputes, or other type of just hostile activity. We're trying to cut into each of these categories to help reduce the violence. So the main thing is that we have set up a coalition where we have prevention, which is the Philly Truce Act, 
We have solutions, which is getting people jobs, whether it be the Urban League or the YMCA. We also have, if you have mental illness, you can speak to the His, uh, Hispanic Community Council Service. So we have different areas set up. And then we also have awareness, and we're trying to raise money for that so we can have radio, billboard, and TV commercials uh, so that we can let people know about these services. It's my belief that being that I have what I call the right players in place, and we don't have any red tape to bog us down like some of the city officials have been affected with. This is going to allow us to be successful. So right now, uh, you know, Philly Truce has stepped up, and they're heading the neighborhood patrol. So each organization or individuals has a role that they play, and that's what's happening right now to answer your question. You know what? I do believe, and I've always shared this, I believe that the solution is at the grassroots level. Uh, I believe it's people like uh, you, uh, Mr. X, and you, uh, Stephen, who look like folks out there that are committing these these acts of violence. Some of us come from the same background. Uh, You know, it's people they can identify with. Uh, And so grassroots advocacy is critical. Uh, if we are going to really end this gun violence in the city. Uh, I, I want you to do this because I, I feel like with all that you're trying to do uh, with this partnership effort, that you could use some volunteers. You could use some folks that are ready and willing to step up. Uh, why don't you share uh, with our Philly River audience where they can get more information uh, about uh, your efforts and how they could potentially sign up to be a part of this. Okay, so you are correct, Pastor Mason. This is the only solution is going to come with everyone coming together from the community, as I mentioned, the anti-violence organizations, the city agencies, and also professionals willing to volunteer their time because, let's be honest, this is, this trauma is affecting us all, whether it directly affects us like a family member or a friend or someone we know we've known throughout our lives it's still affecting us because we see it on tv every day so on some level we're being um traumatized whether you're in philadelphia or in the suburbs so the way that everyone can get involved as a volunteer you can go to www.zerohomicidesnow dot com to register to patrol and when we say patrol we're passing out flyers we're passing out literature we're explaining to the neighbors that the help is available if you know of a situation that may erupt into gun violence or you know of someone that just needs help they may need prayer you can even do that on the philly truce app also so um, in that way, we need the support of the city because there's more of us than there are of the police. You can also, and if you can't do that, we have on the Philly Truce app is in the Apple uh, store, and it's also on the Google Play store. We have uh, something for you to fill out. It's called philliesopinion.com. That's P-H-I-L-L-Y-S, opinion.com. And you can also... Uh, go to phillytruth.com to donate if you would like. Um, but we just need everyone to get in, get involved on some level. It doesn't. I know some every everyone isn't mobile or everyone. Uh, the 
things have gone in a way that people are fearful to uh, address. We're going out in groups just to let people know that, you know, there is help and you don't have to make these decisions on your own or your loved ones. They don't have to make decisions on their own that may change the trajectory of their lives and hundreds of other lives after the acts have been committed. So that's zero www.zerohomicidesnow.com, or that's the primary website for the uh, holiday stand down and then moving forward in order to volunteer. Or you can just go to the Philly Truce at phillytruce.com or go to your Play Store or your App Store and download to download the app to get involved. Well, Stephen Pickens, Atlas X, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing to help curb this gun violence issue. It's necessary. It's necessary. Not 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 next week. It's necessary now. Uh, yeah, and so I thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, I want to encourage our police favor listeners to go to the website, get more information, and and you know what? Pray about it. But get involved. Get engaged. Volunteer, and together we can cure this matter. Uh, so I want to thank you again for coming on. If we could ever offer you our airwaves uh, to promote your activities, to promote your events, just reach out to us. We're in this together. Thank you for this open door, Pastor Mason. No, thank you very much. I just want to say I appreciate you having us on. And also, please encourage the people to hit our GoFundMe page, which is also on that, because we do need financial help in order to help this uh, project to move forward. Absolutely. So that's on the website, correct? Correct. All right. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, please support them. You can't. Do, you know what? Prayer is important. Prayer works. Prayer changes things. But we need resources as well uh, to get out into the community and really be able to be advocates. Gentlemen, thank you. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, Philly's favorite listeners, welcome back to the pastor's office. And we just, you know what? Let me let me cut to the chase. This next guest is going to speak to me. I bring a lot of guests on that speak to you, speak to your situation, speak to what you're dealing with, what you're going through. Uh, but but in ministry, sometimes we as pastors say every now and then, the pastor needs somebody to preach to them. Uh, and, 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 and I saw an article on this young lady uh, and her new book, and, and I wanted to bring her on to the show because, believe it or not, uh, I'm a part of the statistic. What statistic are you talking about, Pastor Mason? Well, I'm divorced. I'm an African-American male, not yet 50, who is divorced, who has primary responsibility for his two children. Do I want to be or did I want to be divorced? No, but did I end up divorced? Yes. And, 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 and this author that we're bringing on now has written a book about the challenges of relationships in the African-American community. She's done her research. She's talked to couples. She's, she, she, she's done everything necessary to bring us a full report on why so many of us end up in a situation where the relationship doesn't last. But also to offer us through God's word advice and counsel as to how we make our relationships work. Without further ado, I want to bring it to the pastor's office, the, the author of the book, Provisions and Submission, Insight into a Black Cultural Conundrum. 
This is Chelsea Nicole Jenkins. Chelsea, come on into the pastor's office. Hello, Reverend Mason. How are you this evening? I am doing well, and as I shared with you earlier, uh, I, I was very interested to conduct this interview. Your book is appropriate and real for me at this time, in this moment, in this place, because 2021 <laughs> is the year uh, that I stood before a judge and, and severed a 15-year marriage. And you know, when I, when I read some of your, your work, uh, I, I can see where there where some of the challenges arose from but before we even go there tell me a little bit about what inspired you to write this book wow well you know what um i have always been very interested in relationships and i say this in the book um even though i too am single i'm 26 years old and i'm still single but i've always loved love and i've always had some sort of interest in um the dynamics of people's relationships so it really drove me to do this labor of love, which is um, doing a bunch of research, speaking to a bunch of different people, and um, getting the answers that I need from the community so we can kind of get down to the bottom of it. So that was pretty much my inspiration. So I, I'm also interested in the work that you did to pull this work together. Uh, uh, so tell us a little bit about the research. Tell us a little bit about the interviews you conducted. Tell us how long you worked on this. Give us some background before we get into the meat of it. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you this. My four years in college, I graduated um, from college as a community, I'm sorry, um, communications major. So I did a lot of research in college, and it really paid off when it was time to do the research for this book. So it took about six to seven months of research, um, Googling just different questions that would pop up in my mind, getting information from qualitative and quantitative studies um, from, you know, recent times. So from the past several years in this decade, in this century, because, you know, times change. Then I've also interviewed uh, millennials. So just in case people don't know, millennials are aged between 25 and 40 years old. So that means they were born um, between 1981 and 1996. So I interviewed 19 people total. So that was three single men, three single women, three couples in a domestic partnership, so three couples who live together, and two married couples. And I interviewed one marriage counselor who is also a first lady of a church. So I wanted to be very thorough in the mixture of um, people I spoke with and the kind of information um, that I found. Wow, interesting, interesting. So one of the things that I have realized about, you know, our relationships, relationships in our communities, is that in a lot of, in a lot of cases, uh, they just don't last. Uh, they mm -hmm. just don't last and and you know i do a lot of marriage counseling go figure right i ended up divorced but i've been mm -hmm. doing marriage counseling for years certified in it trained in it uh, uh mm -hmm. all of that but 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 why do you feel that a lot of our relationships don't last um well you know what the premise the premise of this book is provision and submission right and that is a large portion of our relationships so um, many of us are familiar with the rhetoric that men must provide, you know, air quotes, men must provide, women must submit within a marriage or at the very least within um, a monogamous relationship. And some folks will hear this statement and they'll agree wholeheartedly 
And then there are other people who completely resent that, that rhetoric. And then there are people like myself who see more of a gray area. So um, just in general, provision and submission, if you look at um, the gossip columns and if you look at interviews and um, even your social media feeds on, on Facebook and Instagram and things like that, provision and submission is a hot button for African-Americans, especially young African-Americans. And I think that um, that's due to our spiritual and biblical upbringing many of us have. So I wrote the book to break down the terms and to eliminate any harmful narratives that continuously cause strife within African-American heterosexual relationships. Understood, understood. And, and, and then you used God's Word as the foundation, which, again, that, that should be the foundation of everything we do. Mm-hmm. So, so talk mm-hmm. to us about how the Word of the Lord plays into what it is you've worked on here. Absolutely. So, obviously, uh, when, when God created heaven and earth, when, in the beginning, book of Genesis, he also created man and woman. So I thought it was really interesting what I realized. And, and, of course, we all know this, but it dawned on me, okay, God created Adam first, right? And then he created Eve from Adam's rib. So right then and there, a light bulb goes off, and I'm like, okay, so God wanted man to lead, and he wanted women to have a competent leader and to be a great help to their man. So I think that is where the dynamic of relationships come from early on, just that that sort of, okay, you're going to be the leader, and if you prove to me your leadership skills, I'll happily follow and I'll happily, you know, um, lean into your ideas and your directives. However, you need to be a competent leader. So that whole incident where, you know, Eve was deceived by the serpent and she exercised sort of ill authority over her husband, over Adam, and it caused them both ultimately to be exiled from the Garden of Eden. And, you know, men have their respective punishments as far as them needing to work until the day they die, until the day they perish, or they're worse than an infidel, according to the word. And on the other hand, women have to um, be submissive to their husbands. They'll yearn for their husbands, and they will um, bear, you know, awful childbirth. So things like that is kind of what made me think, okay, this is, God set it up from the beginning that he wants us to be a team, but he wants us to each know our place or know which role to play within the team, you know, with, with on the, on the team. Yeah. But Chelsea, I got to tell you something that, that submission part is is a conundrum within itself for, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, the modern day woman. Uh, why mm-hmm. is it so hard for uh, uh, African American females to really trust that their men can lead, that their men are competent leaders, as you shared, and then go mm-hmm. ahead and submit? Because I'm not seeing a whole lot of submission out there these days. Mm-hmm. I know, and you know what? I think that comes from a, a lot of different issues, but. Uh, submission specifically, like you said, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother ball game. And it, it could come from the fact that a lot of African American women, young women grew up in households where they either, they saw 
either one end of the spectrum or the complete opposite. So I'll speak for myself for now. I grew up in a household with a, a husband and wife. My mother and father have been married for 28 years, I believe. And um, I saw that dynamic between a, a husband and a wife being submission, being, being submissive and um, providing for each other. And it was very fluid. Then you have other women who did not bear witness to that. And that's not their fault. However, if, if, if you've never seen that in your life growing up, you may not be able to follow suit with that when it comes when you become of age. So we, I've, I've spoke to women who are like, you know, I've never seen that. And so when it was time for me to be submissive, then I couldn't. I couldn't because I didn't know what it meant. So that's hurtful, but I think us educating ourselves or finding, you know, positive role models and, you know, doing the work, then we can get to a better place. But it's, it's deeply rooted for sure. Chapter three was interesting mm-hmm. to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Misunderstandings versus reality. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So the misunderstanding versus the reality would be the dueling representations of what it means to be a provider and what it means to be submissive. So the negative emotions lots of people have toward provision and submission within relationships stem from two main reasons which are outlined which are which are outlined in the book. So first of all, provision the reality of provision says, you know, our home and our family deserve my proper care and consideration. You know, I work to earn a living and to solidify and mobilize our plans for us. And I will offer security and comfort and peace, you know. But oftentimes the misunderstanding kicks in and people believe that provision could mean, you know, that means my, my man or my woman needs to buy me whatever I want. And, you know, they need to do whatever I say do. And it's not my job or duty to contribute. And they have to just reward me for being with them. So for that, for instance, that would be the misunderstanding versus the reality. So those are two totally different things. One is more open and loving and kind. And the other is more demanding and it's unhealthy and it's toxic. So, you know, that's where it starts, just breaking down those dueling representations. Love gets no love. (laughs) Tell our listeners a little bit about that. Wow. You know what? As I said earlier, I've always loved love. But then there are others who don't necessarily hate love, you know, (laughs) but they have other pressing priorities in their lives. And I think that um, we live in an era of just rush, 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 go, go, go. Um, everybody's focused on the come up. Everybody's focused on what we call securing the bag and making sure we have our money and making sure our lives are stable. However, that that makes love take a back seat oftentimes. So if you have a, a person who feels like, you know, my life is just not perfect. I'm not exactly where I want to be yet. And I don't know, you know, if I'll ever make it in life. They could be dealing with someone they really they really love and care about, but they can completely blow that person off just because they don't have they feel like 
their life isn't perfect or they don't have, you know, a million dollars in the bank. It's always something just so extravagant when really, you know, love is what is what's most important and it could help you succeed in life. It shouldn't be seen as a deterrent from your success. You're listening to Philly's Favorite 100.7 FM and 99.5 HD3, and we are having a conversation with author Chelsea Nicole Jenkins. She has written a book about black love, black relationships called Provision and Submission, Insight into a Black Cultural Conundrum. And, and, and Chelsea, I really do appreciate everything that you've shared with us thus far. Now, as we talked about earlier, you did conduct a number of interviews uh, in order to put this book together. I was particularly interested in Chris and the interview you conducted with Chris and Val. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, Chris and Val are just the sweetest couple. Um, and they they really inspired me to interview them, mainly because, you know, I talk I also talk a lot about in the book how we are so, you know, wrapped up in social media and everybody wants to stage and everybody wants to show and tell and things like that. They're the complete opposite and they have, you know, a beautiful relationship, the dynamic of their relationship. And, you know, Obviously, as I was talking about in that chapter as well, um, people believe that just because you come from a broken home, then you may not be able. It's always the case that you can't be in a in a healthy relationship when you come of age. And they've completely defied those expectations or what people would say if the odds were set against them. So, Chris, he did grow up in a home with a, a strong black mother. Um, she literally gave them everything they wanted, everything they needed, and he all he's always seen his mother provide for them. I think it was interesting how he said, you know, even though he didn't always have the best um, examples as far as relationships go, not just from his mother or a lot of people around him, he was saying, you know, just because they don't give me the example I need, that doesn't mean I have to follow what they're doing if I know it's wrong. So that's what he was saying. A lot of people kind of just fall back on, okay, this is what I witness and I know it's wrong, but it's what I witness and it's what I'm going to do. And his thing was, no, I'm going to take accountability for my life. And I'm going to say, you know, even if what they're doing is what I'm used to seeing, I can take the initiative to say, no, I'm going to break this cycle and I'm going to do better with my life when it's my turn. So I really admired him for that. I really enjoyed that chapter, but here's what I want to ask you as we prepare to close out this interview. One, if you were to give one key piece of advice mm-hmm. to the brothers and sisters that are listening to this program right now about mm-hmm. how we can make relationships work and make them long-lasting, what would mm-hmm. that piece of advice be based on the research that you did to put this book together? I would say we need to have the faith to let go of our unhealthy and false understanding of the terms provide and submit. And we need to become more open-minded so that when love comes to find us, we don't sabotage it by our, you know, past baggage and and what we witnessed growing up um, that kind of damaged us. So I think that's one thing we need to realize. And number two I think we need to realize that what's honorable in the sight of God for one couple may not be conducive to your relationship because that could cause frustration and confusion for both parties. 
So instead of looking from side to side, wondering what everyone else is doing, get in tune with your partner. Get in tune with God, first and foremost, you know, but get in tune with your partner and make sure you both have healthy understandings of what to expect in the relationship, and you'll be able to provide whatever, you know, whatever each other needs, and it'll be a beautiful relationship if you let it be. You know, one of my key pieces of advice that I share with couples uh, when doing counseling before they get married is I always take them to Ephesians 5. And, and if you read Ephesians 5, it will tell you very clearly that for a woman, she needs love. A man mm-hmm. needs respect. If we could get that message across, men, show your women that you love them. Show them that you care about them. And women, respect your men. Respect them. Listen, I don't care if he's if he's working three jobs and working on the weekend and all of them are blue collar. He's just making it. You know what? If he's earning an honest living, respect mm-hmm. that man. Don't compare mm-hmm. him to somebody else. But exactly. but but women need love. Men need respect. And most importantly, what you said there: if you don't have God first, and if you don't have a relationship first with God, how can you have a successful relationship with anybody else? You can exactly. God is the foundation, first and foremost. Absolutely. Well, listen, I really have enjoyed talking to you, and I certainly hope we can talk again, maybe around Valentine's Day, uh, and and have a little more conversation about uh, this topic. But why don't you do this for our Philly's favorite listeners? Tell them where they can pick up a copy of your book. Oh, yes. They can definitely pick up a copy from xlibras.com. That is my publisher, and I will spell it. It's xli. B-R-I-S dot com. And it's also available on Amazon.com, which be on the lookout for a remastered copy that's going to be sold exclusively on Amazon. So those two places, you can definitely grab a copy. And I will, I'm definitely looking forward to um, coming back for Valentine's Day. That sounds like a bunch of fun, actually. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, Chelsea Nicole Jenkins, thank you for coming to the pastor's office this Sunday. Boy, you got a lot of information to give, and you've provided us a lot of information. I want to encourage my listeners to go to the website. Give it to them one more time. It is exlibris.com or amazon.com, and you can just search the book title or search my name, Chelsea Nicole Jenkins, and it'll be there. Provisions and Submission, Insight into a Black Cultural Conundrum. Go get this book. We've got to do better. Chelsea Nicole Jenkins, have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year, and we'll be talking to you in February. Thank you, Reverend. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. that we are living in Political, spiritual, maybe some life While you are listening to Phyllis Faber yeah.